Thank you for downloading the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast. You can find more helpful advice at focusonthefamily.com slash parenting podcast. You know, many times we get very concerned about our child's physical health, sometimes their emotional health, but how often do you think about your child's spiritual health? I'm John Fuller, along with Danny Huerta. And Danny, we've talked a bit about this before, but it bears repeating. Um, How many parents do you think really consider their child's spiritual well-being? Well, John, when we did a survey of Christian parents that engage with Focus on the Family, this came up as the top concern for parents. So I imagine most Christian homes, really, that's representative of that. In In a culture that is becoming somewhat diluted in what truth is and what, what, where mm. beliefs are, parents are very concerned about that. And I think the intention for many parents is there. It's the strategy and the prioritization that becomes an issue. Just mm. time. Yeah. We're very busy. Well, we are. And we're going to hear now from Natasha Crane about how you can help your child to really own their faith. And here she is talking with Jim Daly. You know, for the parent that might uh, have a busy life, I mean, you, you had twins and a third child all by the time your twins were three, it sounds like. So you were busy. Yes. You could easily, as a parent, say to yourself, well, you know, for this season, because I'm so busy and my husband's so busy building a business or doing whatever he might be doing, it, let's leave this to the church. I mean, they'll go to church on mm. Sunday. They'll go to, uh, maybe they'll go to Sunday school and, you know, we'll make sure we have sing-along songs that talk about Jesus and all those things. Is that enough for this? And I guess what I'm asking you is speak to the mom particularly who's kind of in that place where it is so busy. I don't know that I can capture that right now, and I really, I'm going to take this time and let church do it. Yeah, it's, it's very tempting. And for a lot of us, we grew up in homes maybe that were Christian homes, but our parents didn't necessarily do a lot of discipleship at home, but they took us to church and we think, well, that worked for me. I'm, I'm a Christian today, but we have to understand that the world is totally different than when we grew up. So I find that parents who had a conversion experience when they were an adult, they get this. They understand because they've been there. They know the other side of it. It's the Christians who grew up in a Christian home who feel like, well, I was okay, and I didn't have to learn all this stuff, all these apologetics, who need to understand the world is far more challenging today. And so your kids will encounter these questions. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. And it's not just about living up to the church. First and foremost, the Bible calls us as parents to be the primary spiritual influence in our kids' lives. So whether you want to leave it to the church or not, that the Bible wants us as parents to be in that role. But beyond that, even if you said, well, I understand that, but I'm just overwhelmed and I'm just going to, I'm going to put this in the church's hands. It's important to understand that churches have not yet by and large caught up with this either. A lot of churches aren't teaching apologetics. And one example of that is that, you know, this research that shows how, why kids are walking away over and over again, they show that some of the top questions are science related. The understanding how science and Christianity can be complementary and that they don't conflict as the secular narrative goes. So there's so much of that happening, yet when they survey youth pastors to see the kinds of subjects that they're addressing in church, they find that only 1% of youth pastors have addressed an issue about science in the last year. So there's Right, a, and it should be 80%. Exactly, yeah. there, or 100%, 100%, right? So there's this big disconnect between still where the church is catching up. We as parents are catching up, and the church is catching up, so we all kind of have have to work together. But first and foremost, it's our role as parents. And and like I said, if your kids
kid had any other struggle, you would assume you had to match the preparation for that. We need to do the same with their spiritual lives. And I like that underlying theme. You know, if they had a medical issue, you would do all the research you needed to make sure the right decisions were being made. That is probably the most profound thing you've said so far. When you um, look at the culture today, so often we as Christian parents want to insulate our kids. You know, that's the strategy. So there's so much technology coming at them and so much exposure to things that we don't want them to see. It's easy to move in that direction. But in your book, Talking With Your Kids About God, you describe a story uh, where you were comfortable, it sounded like, exposing your kids to non-Christian themes. And in fact, I think it was Jehovah Witnesses that came to the door. And and how did you handle that with your children standing there listening to the conversation? Yeah, I think that's the overall theme of the book, really, is that we should be exposing our kids to all these ideas. So these are not just 30 questions about God in general, but 30 questions that our kids really need to understand given the secular world that they're growing up in. And I know a lot of parents fear exposing their kids to these things, but they are going to hear them today. And I can't emphasize that enough. They're going to hear them. If they have any access to the internet, they're going to see them repeatedly. They're going to see these things. So we can demonstrate this in all kinds of ways, but to the story that you just mentioned, about Jehovah's Witnesses coming to the door. I was just making dinner one night and I heard the door knock and I went down there and my son was playing near the door and he was probably about six at the time. And I opened the door and uh, they introduced themselves as a mom and a girl who was about my son's age. And she said, can my daughter show you this movie about God? It really just shows the design of a butterfly and how that points to God's existence. And it was a perfect opportunity. I knew my son was kind of listening nearby and I said, oh, that's great. I, I totally believe the same thing. I agree with you that the design in nature points to the existence of God, I'm a Christian. And she said, oh, we're Christians too. I'm so glad to meet you because everyone I talk to is an atheist when I go door to door. And and I said, you know, that I understand what you're doing and I really appreciate that. But I knew my son was listening. I wanted him to understand how we can approach these things. I said, I don't have a lot of time right now because I'm in the middle of making dinner. But I just want to say that we still do have differences between us because based on your translation of the Bible that Jehovah's Witnesses use, that Jesus is not God. Jesus is not part of the Trinity. And that is very different than what I would believe based on the translation that that we use. And so I said, part of what I do as a parent to help my kids is expose them to other viewpoints in the world to explain why there's good reason to believe that my faith is true. And I would just encourage you to do the same with your daughter to look into why is it that so many Bible scholars reject that translation of the Interesting. Bible. Interesting. Yeah, really good. And she, she looked at me and she kind of nodded. And I learned later that Jehovah's Witnesses are not allowed to accept any kind of outside literature or look into those opposing viewpoints. So even presenting that is something that was challenging to her. But when I closed the door, my son looked at me, and even at that age, he said, okay, so the reason that they believe differently is because they have a different translation of the Bible. He picked that up. Yeah, that's and so I was wow. I was really I was really interested in that because I said, yeah, you know, that's exactly right. There are all kinds of reasons why people believe differently. In some cases, people believe there is no God who has revealed anything. That would be an atheist. In other cases, that people believe there is a God, and we have that in common, but that doesn't mean we're, we believe the same thing, and there are those crucial differences. You know, that's a great example of using common everyday moments to teach your children. Uh, Danny, a lot of parents are probably thinking, all right, but I can't wait for somebody to come to my door so I can teach my child about different viewpoints. I mean, you don't want to just sit around waiting for two people in white shirts and a tie to come by. Hmm. What do you say to those parents? 
just uh, really pick up the newspaper or go to the news and you can begin to talk about worldview. Uh, and many youth pastors have been equipped with uh, resources for worldview uh, topics. And really, as a parent, you're going to have to be intentional about entering conversations regarding worldview. And that can be day to day. It can be in the car. That's a lot of times we have quiet moments in, in the car. That's a good time to ask the question. So what do you think about this and, and helping your child articulate what it is that they believe? And that can be even just a walk. You can take a walk and be consistent with opening up those conversations. And, and for someone like me, I had to learn this uh, fairly early on. It can't be, hey, let's think this through and spend 20, 30 minutes talking about this, right? I mean, age appropriate. <laughs> yeah, maybe an hour, John. Yeah. yeah. Age appropriate <laughs> means you dive in, you hit it, and if there's an interest right then and there, you, you address yeah. it. But you got to trust that your child is going to be mulling some of this stuff over. And to quote Art yeah. Linkletter, kids say the darndest things. They ask some really great questions when you least expect it. They are absorbing these <laughs> oh, things. Yeah, yeah I, I'm sure many parents have great stories of questions they've been asked that they have no clue how to answer. I mean, one of them I remember my daughter asking me is, who created God? Mm. And, uh, and that was a great question for an eight-year-old to ask. And to bring it to an eight-year-old level and talk about it, I just said, you know, that's something we just don't know. And uh, we, he's beginning in the end, and we don't really grasp that. There is, there, there's no beginning. <laughs> there's no end yeah, to God. And nobody created him. And uh, I said, yeah. you know, this is where the faith comes in, and we'll learn a lot more about that when we're in heaven with him. Yeah, I, I, permission <laughs> granted then, I hear you saying to parents, permission granted to say, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Let's explore that. Yeah. That, oh, about that, that's a much better way. Thank you. You're, you're Mr. Script here for <laughs> Mr. me. Script. So, yeah. And I mean yeah. that in, a, in, in the best way possible. Thanks, so John. we'll explore that at another time. Let's yeah. just have some ice cream now, shall yeah. we? <laughs> well, uh, we want to encourage you to get a copy of Natasha Crane's book, Talking With Your Kids About God, 30 Conversations Every Christian Parent Must Have. Uh, if you're struggling to find direction on how to talk about your faith with your kids, this book is a great resource. And uh, if you can make a donation today to support Focus on the Family, we're going to send a complimentary copy of that book to you as our thank you gift. You'll find details in the show notes or just call 800 the letter A and the word family. Next time, more from Natasha. And for now, on behalf of Danny and the entire parenting team, I'm John Fuller, and this has been the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast.